greetings again in Jesus' precious name. I want to try and touch the subject of the precious Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does today. Oh, the indispensable Holy Spirit, the great executive of the Godhead. And in starting out this subject this morning of the person of the Holy Spirit, I just want to make it clear that uh, that I understand and know that our limited, uh, we're very limited in what we can we know of the Holy Spirit. He's beyond explanation. He's beyond our full understanding. He cannot be boxed in. Jesus said in John chapter three verse eight, "The wind blows," referring to the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it pleases. You can hear the sound thereof, uh, but you don't know where it's come from and you don't know where he's going. In other words, he can't be boxed in. He comes and, and goes as he pleases. He does what he pleases. But he's also, you can't understand wind. Um, it's, it's indescribable. But as uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29 tells us, tells us, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, they're things that only God understands, that we will never understand in this life. Uh, but it goes on to say not only that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but... The things which are revealed belong to us and to our children. Why? That we may do all the words of this law. So God's given us enough uh, information for us to understand something of who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, <coughs> how he operates, but he cannot be boxed in. He's not going to fit into our little theological patterns or our understanding of how he's supposed to do things. He does what he pleases, just as the wind does. And so with that in mind, I want to uh, just read a few scriptures to you, ask you to read along with me. First one is found in John chapter 14, verse, just verses 15 to 17, and then we'll pick up in verses 25 and 26 again. Jesus said this, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And as a result of that, if you love me, you will obey my command, what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Parakletos, another comforter or counsellor, to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him nor know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counsellor, the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. So there we have some of his names and some of the things he does. In John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus says this, When the Counselor comes, the Parakletos, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then I want to pick up again in John chapter 16, and uh, <clears throat> looking from verse 7. These are so, such important scriptures related to the Holy Spirit. But if you'll read along with me from verse uh, 7 of John 16, he says, But I tell you that this is Jesus speaking again. He says, But I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Paracletos or the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. 
in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where I'm, you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. I have so much more to say to you, much more than you can now bear. But when the Spirit, He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you of what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And then I just want to read as a last little scripture for now, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would just turn in your Bibles to that quickly, please. And pick up from verse 1, just the first four verses, and then we'll go to verse 9. And <clears throat> This is Paul now writing under the inspiration of this very same spirit we're talking about. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of, about God. For I resolved to know nothing <clears throat> while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So while he was speaking, there was a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And then picking up, if you don't mind, just moving down to the ninth verse, it says this, However, as is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed to it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so it goes on by the Spirit of God. So we have a number of things there that the Holy Spirit does. Who He is, what He does. And so we'll just have a look at some of those names of the Holy Spirit again that we've we've seen here. The different names and the work He does reveal so much to uh, to us. Uh, as of why we need him and we need to cooperate with him. Jesus said that if you love me and obey me, then I will send the Holy Spirit. So he's the parakletos. In other words, he's the one who draws alongside. And this is such a rich word, this word parakletos. Um, it, come, it, it, it means in John 14, 16, it comes out as the comforter, like a precious friend. In other words, the definition is the one who makes us strong by his presence as helper, guide, and instructor. And so the Holy Spirit waits for us to be, he wants to be our strength and weakness, our wisdom and perplexity. He wants to be our conqueror when we're, when we're tempted. He wants to be our consoler in sorrow, and so much, 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 much more. And so closely associated with that, John 15, 26, Jesus says, I'll send you another comforter or counselor, advocate, and when one advocate, Jesus, left, ascended into glory, the other advocate, comforter, counselor, consoler, Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, descended into the hearts of his disciples. And so it's he, the consoler, who uh, takes away our griefs through the work of Jesus, applying it into our hearts and gives us the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. 
So he supports us. He takes our side and he argues our case for us. But he's also, <clears throat> John 14, 17, he's, he's our companion. For Jesus says this, but you know him, the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you and will be in you. He's our companion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse, verse 4, 14, it talks about us having fellowship, companionship, the, the, or communion, the, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And again, once again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, he, Paul writes under the inspiration of the Spirit and says that you are God's temple and God's Spirit dwells in us. So he is our companion. He's with us day and night. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's there with us till the very end, no matter what comes our way. The Holy Spirit is there making Jesus real to us. And then he's also our counselor. John 14, 16 and verse 26 and John 15, 26 talks about him as our counselor. And he usually counsels through the word of God. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God and gives us the counsel that we need. Uh, where his, his word becomes a light to our, our path and a lamp to, to our feet. Um, and he, so Hebrews chapter 10, if I can read this to you, the two verses, verses 15 and 16. Uh, the, this is what the writer to the Hebrews tells us. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. Then he goes on to say, this is the covenant I will make with them. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And so, in actual fact, the law on our hearts is the Holy Spirit. Um, in 1 John 2, 27, uh, John writes and says, as for you, the anointing, you have received from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you but as his anointing teaches you about all things so he's a counselor he's a, the one that uses the word of god to give us what we need when we're in trouble even that wisdom that comes from above that god gives to us in abundance. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and does not abrade. All right. He's also the convictor. Uh, in John 16, 8, Jesus says when he comes, the Spirit of God, he will convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come, as we read of earlier on. And then he's also, sixthly, he's also the confidence giver. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 24, verse 24, I'm just reading part of it, it says this, those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them, and this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us, gives us. So, this the Holy Spirit in us gives us confidence. Um, we can trust God. He inspires faith within us. He's just such a wonderful, wonderful uh, friend, the Holy Spirit. And then he's also the convincer. In uh, Romans eight sixteen, it says the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. He removes the doubt about our new birth. He lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we are God's children. His spirit bears witness, testifies with our spirits. And so closely linked to those, uh, those names uh, and what he does are also some of the other things here that I just used alliteration for the sake of trying to help us to remember. But he's the enabler. And he's the equipper, I'm coming back to these. He's the emancipator, edifier, empowerer, enhancer, enricher. He's our guide. Uh, and he's the, uh, the enlister. And, and, and we'll come back to some of these others in, the, in a moment. But he's in our enabler. It's not by might, Zechariah tells us. 
It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says God. Jesus said in John 3, 6, flesh gives birth to, birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. He enables us. Uh, Ezekiel 36 verse 26 tells us, I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statues, etc., and to do them. So he enables us. And you can have a look at Romans chapter 8 verses 4 through to 9 again. And then he's our quipper. He's he, in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12 through to verse 14. The, the, the gifts of the spirit are all there for the equipping. Um, that's not only the gifts of the spirit as in tongues, interpretation, etc. But the, the ascension gifts of Jesus are, equip us. And he makes up for all that's lacking in us. Um, as I read a little early on in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 and verse 20, the anointing teaches us. But he's also the emancipator. In other words, he sets us free. Uh, the Spirit of Jesus said in uh, uh, Luke 4, verses 18 19, the Spirit of the Lord is now upon me, for he has sent me to bring liberty, freedom to captives, etc. So he's the emancipator. And you can look at Romans 8, 11 to 17 too. Uh, then he's also the edifier. In other words, he builds us up, as you, you'll read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, that uh, the gifts of the Spirit are there to, to build us up, edify us. And then he's the empowerer. As Acts 1, 8 tells us, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem, Jeru uh, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So he empowers us. Um, John, John 4, 4 says, um, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, he's greater. He's the empowerer. And then he's the enhancer slash enricher. Hebrews 9, 14 talks about him being the eternal spirit. And to me, my understanding, I know that we're oversimplifying it when I say this, but uh, everlasting life has to do with uh, quantity, but eternal life has to do with quantity and quality. As Jesus said, I've come to give you life more abundant, life with a capital L. And, uh, and then he's our guide. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of, of the Lord, of God, they shall be the sons of God. And one, in John 16, 13, he says, The Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So he's our guide. And then he's our enricher. As uh, he, through the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, as Galatians 5, 20, 22 tells us, and 1 John 14, 15 and 16 tell us. Uh, um, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 and 16 tell us. Then he's our enricher, uh, our enlister. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 1 through to 11, if you'll read those verses, it's the Holy Spirit enlists. He, he's the one that sets apart people to serve um, Serve Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he sent our, our intercessor, intercessor, Romans 8.27, where the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession through us. I'm running through these quickly because there's so much to do here, and, and I see the first session is nearly over. He's a spirit of truth, as we read of in John chapter 14, uh, verse 17, and chapter 15, verse 26, and you see that in John chapter 16, verse 13 again, that he is the spirit of truth. He's the one that bears truth to the spirit, bears uh, witness to truth. He cannot uh, 
bear witness to a lie, an exaggeration, stretching the truth. It's just the truth. And the truth is the word of God more than anything else. But also he bears truth to bears witness to when we tell the truth. And then these are called the spirit of glory in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. And he's called just the spirit of God. He's God's spirit in Romans 8, 9. He's the spirit of Jesus. Is Acts 16, verse 7 tells us. He's the spirit of Christ. Romans 8, 9 tells us. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11 tells us. He's also the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. Acts 7, 4, 41. He's holy. And he, he expects us to treat him as holy. And then he's the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. He's the Spirit of grace, as Hebrews 10, 29 tells us. He just imparts grace when we need it. And there's a throne of grace that we can go and, and obtain mercy and help in our time of need. He's the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, as Galatians chapter 1, verse 17 tells us. He gives us the wisdom we need and he brings revelation. And you see, it's revelation that brings transformation, not just information, but revelation. And he is the spirit of revelation and he's the spirit of wisdom and he's the spirit of life. He imparts life. He's a life-giving spirit, as Romans chapter 8 verse tells us. And he's also called the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of the living God in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. And so we can go on. He's the eternal spirit. He's the Holy Spirit that is talked about in um, Ezekiel 47, the river of God, as John 7, uh, 37 to 40 tells us. And also Revelation 22, verses 1, two, verses 1, 2 and 3. In other words, he's the river that brings life, refreshing and abundance to us. And he's also seen as wind in John chapter 3. Uh, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus looks at and compares the Holy Spirit as wind. He's the eternal spirit, as Hebrews 9, 14 tells us. And then he's, um, well, let me move on. He's just, I'm just taking too long in those parts now. Um, okay, so. It's absolutely essential, I hope you see that from these scriptures, absolutely essential that the Holy Spirit is involved in every area of our lives, every single area of our lives, because the Christian life is a supernatural life. And without the supernatural Spirit of God living within us, Jesus, by His Spirit, working in and through us, will only be doing natural things, and natural things, as Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit, and it's the life-giving Spirit. So from the start of our lives to the end of our lives, from the day we're born again till the time that Jesus takes us away or calls us unto Himself, we need the Holy Spirit to be active, active in our lives. From beginning to end, or, uh, we need to be living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So... I'm going to have to close this session with that and uh, we'll pick up in the next session and look at a little more of what this wonderful counselor does in and through our lives. God bless you. Father, bless your children and thank you for your precious spirit. Holy Spirit, work in all of us to your glory and glorify Jesus. Amen. Amen.